NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. The great cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing crickets at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the great cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thank that's you, champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast. My name is Ian Higgins. I'm joined, as ever, by Dave Edwards. Great to be with you, Higgos. And we are at the SCG. We're at the SCG. Ladies and gentlemen, this whole week for the uh, the third test, Australia versus Pakistan. Cricket Australia has done something they will regret forever and given us media passes. We will be absolutely making the most of them all week. <laughs> They've made a huge mistake, and boy, yeah. don't they know it yet. Um, it's been good, though. Hmm. We've been hanging around the media centre, the Great Cricketer. Uh, we've had to unveil ourselves and, and meet yep. people and actually yep. use social skills, which we don't have. Mm. We've uh, had a lot of, oh, it's you, a lot of that sort of conversations. Yeah. Though. We've, we've, we've also just looked at a lot of famous people. Thought you'd be bigger. Yeah, I thought you'd be bigger. Geez, your hands are small. That's a weak handshake. That's a weak handshake. <laughs> lettuce. Absolute lettuce shake. Salad figures. To go with your salad here. <laughs> um, Dave, we've seen, I'm sure, that, I'm sure the listeners will be fascinated to know that we've seen a lot of famous people today. Yeah, we've seen lots of famous lots people. Lots of famous Who, people. Some of the famous people you saw. Uh, I saw Brett Lee today. I saw Shane Warne, Michael Clark. Um, I saw Kerry, Kerry O'Keefe. Uh, I saw Michael Slater. I saw all the greats. I saw yeah. Bill Laurie. Um, this is just a list of people that I've seen today. I saw Dad. Tune in the next 20 minutes while we keep going through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's rolling. It? It's great radio. Isn't it funny just that, isn't the, like, it's just a clique, isn't it? It's all a big yeah. clique. Like, the Channel 9 people sit with Channel 9, yeah. Triple M with Triple M, yeah. Fox with Fox. Like, it's all very... And we sit in the corner. And we just sat in the corner just watching everyone tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Boxing Day and a Happy New Year to you. Um, it's, it, it's, been a, it's been a big few months for us. Uh, it's been... We took a week off last week. We didn't yeah. tell anyone about it, so soz about that. But, you know, there's going to be a, a podcast every day for this Sydney Test match. So some of you will be hoping for a two-day test. Others will be hoping for a seven-day test. Um, me somewhere... A timeless test. A timeless test. Podcast <laughs> forever. My worst nightmare. Here goes... <laughs> But um, but Dave, let's let's briefly recap what happened in Melbourne because um, that was a that was a surprise victory as much as anything for Australia. Cricket Australia, Cricket Australia was saying that it was a it was a miracle victory. Mm. Me, it felt like a cheat. Like it felt like we cheated to that victory because it was so obvious from like day one with all the rain that it was yep. that nothing was going to happen and Pakistan basically couldn't win. And I think everyone realised it was going to be a draw and everyone just realised that if we just like play this out till day five, you know, five o'clock. 
we can always get a draw and get out of here. Yeah. One nil in the series. Sydney's on a dead rubber, except Pakistan weren't told that, and they just imploded in about 15 minutes. In the yeah, the whole contact. test just had a... It just kept meandering along. Yeah, there was a lot of rain interruptions yeah. uh, you know, going on and off. A lot of runs. Yeah. Let's not forget those. Azhar Ali, um, you know, Steve Smith carving it up. Mm-hmm. That's his name, isn't it? Azhar Ali. Yes, yes, yeah. I yeah. just needed to clarify that. Uh, but, you know, plenty of runs. But, you know, it didn't look like 40 wickets were going to be taken. Or no. Sure. Yeah. No. So um, when Pakistan did implode on the last day, it was real shock. And I guess it, it kind of uh, hangs over the spectre of today's yeah. game, um, you know, with Australia furthering their dominance with Warner and Renshaw both being centurions today. Has Pakistan given up? Mate, it looked like it. Um, th- given that the two balls before uh, the Warner's 100, there was some awful misfielding going on. And it just kind of like spoke about... I mean, we spoke previously in this podcast about how Pakistan is so mercurial and they're, and they're, they're brilliant one moment and then just awful the next minute. And we are just seeing a Pakistan side who just can't get back who just can't wait to get back home. They've got the yips. They've got they? the yips. Yeah. They do everything about it is a bit yuck. Um, I can't see this test match going for more than four <laughs> days unless there's rain, Dave. Um, and I'm banking on that because, you know, there's a lot of content we have to get through in the meantime. Yeah. Um, but as you said, Dave Warner, a blistering 100 this morning. Uh, it's easy, though, didn't he? There weren't, I mean, there weren't too many... Were there any sixes? I'm not even six. sure. But it was just six. as, you know, and we're going to talk about this with Dirk Nannis, who's our, our guest this week on the podcast, about yeah. how easily Dave Warner made it look batting yeah. at the SC against yeah. Pakistani, he just really breezed through and, and 100 in a session of 78 balls is just you know almost unprecedented really. Yeah, there's stories about how Doug Walters hit 100 uh, in a session, in the final session yeah. of NSC. I think Ian Chappell said that three times. He said it three times to yeah. me this morning. Three different yeah. mediums, uh, before Macquarie I... Radio, Channel 9, <laughs> um, all his various contractual obligations. <laughs> Love you, Chapel. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and I believe Doug Walters was three sheets to the wind as well. That's that's how any Doug Walters story starts and finishes. Um, but um, but actually, actually, see that in the flesh was quite something. And yeah, it wasn't like, I mean, he did in about seventy odd balls, 75, 76, 77 yeah. balls, or something ridiculous like that. But it wasn't like T twenty blastering. Like it wasn't hitting in the air over the top. It was all controlled. I guess you, you kind of have to say it wasn't great bowling, um, but, I mean, the bloke hit 100 in the session, so it's just really good batting, isn't it? Yeah. And then you see Renshaw, who supported Warner quite ably mm. down the other end. He was only on about 20. He was on three, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah three. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he might have been on about 20 when Warner brought yeah, his 100. that's right. You know, 120-run right. partnership, you're contributing 20. Mm. Um, but he did go on to hit his maiden test century today and mm. I guess the conversation now is has he done enough to, to go to India because mm. Sean March is going to come back into the fold mm. obvious questions come up can you drop a bloke after 100 mm. um, I haven't seen it in my lifetime in the great sphere no. but uh, test cricket's far different to that well I've never seen anyone dropped after scoring 30 so <laughs> I mean that's, that's yeah. a little bit different job for life job for life uh, I, just, uh, I mean India's different proposition we've spoken about this many times in the podcast it's just different I don't think anybody thinks that Renshaw is going to be a success in India um, but he's just scored 100 can you drop a but it's almost dropping it to save him. Like, just, mm. mate, come back in November next year, <laughs> score your runs yeah. in Australia. Take a gap here, go see the world. <laughs> it's going to be the best thing for your career. <laughs> Whilst we just sell Shaw Marsh down the river, so it <laughs> yeah. his career. Yeah. Um, Dave Dirk Nanis coming up. This summer, we've got the biggest renovation challenge yet. Two teams will have to transform not one, but two broken down grade cricket dressing rooms every single week. There will be tension. What even is grade cricket, Dazza? 
Why did we take time off work to do this? Come on, Charlesie. Work hard, love. <laughs> there will be drama. I just... I just want to make this perfect. Great cricket deserves a great home. But when the reveal comes, there will be joy. Oh, 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 oh God. Lads. Boys. Look at this, right? Results. Results. Ever since the missus booted me out and took the kids, I've been sleeping in this dressing room. It's a second home to me, literally. So this is, this is really special. For us to be able to come in and give these great cricketers a beautiful new dressing room, one they can drink their beers in, sing the club song, judge each other in the showers, yeah, you know, it makes you feel good. But this ain't no charity. Not when the stakes are this high. I'm not here for a bloody holiday. If I wanted that, I would have gone to Bali or Thailand. It's Australia's toughest renovation competition. Winner takes all. If I have to dish out a little bit of chin music, I will. <laughs> Presented by Australia's favourite knockabout blue-collar larrikin millionaire. We're giving great cricket the Renault makeover it deserves. Renault Rampage. Coming well, soon. Well, here goes this week, or today, the first uh, episode of our five-part series at the SCG. Yeah. Uh, we've got a professional cricketer who's played for two countries, Australia and the Netherlands. First time we've ever had a guy play for two countries on the podcast. First time. First time. Probably the last time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many other blokes we know who do that. No. Uh, zero. But um, Dirk Nannis, welcome to the Great Cricketer Podcast. I cannot express how excited I am to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Very kind of you to say we, we feel equal uh, to that. I mean, a tone in your voice screams excitement, and all our listeners will be uh, greatly encouraged to see your name next to adorning this podcast. Um, Dirk, we ask every guest this, but what is your relation to great cricket to kick off uh, this little interview here? I was always, well, I was always telling the guys that I played with in the first class setup that I was always the first person to put my hand up to play great cricket, but my injury history would suggest otherwise. I, <laughs> I, I missed one game once because I had a swollen testicle and um, it was something that no one could really... No one could really say, well, show us... Yeah, show us enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, prove, so it was yeah, kind of something yeah, that yeah. you just... Yeah. Yeah. Pat Farhart's not there, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was a legitimate injury. Mm. It wasn't an injury. It wasn't like a blow or anything like yeah. that. I played with a number of guys who actually would have been keen to show me the injury. I mean, and, and they often yes. did, even though they just had like a calf strain or something. Yeah. Just during the team song. <laughs> naked. Always fully naked. But as a bowler, you never really played too much. But yeah. yeah. Played a lot of time in the thirds and the twos. Great cricket. What's the difference between threes and twos, did you find, socially? great cricket. Three's only played a couple of games but it was all the youngsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twos, you get the one, you get the experienced second 11 captain, the guy yep. who maybe not quite, not so much he's not quite good enough or not committed enough to play the ones because <laughs> he's got the wife or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The perfect it's, amount of good and not good enough. Yeah. Yes. Keeps you playing great cricket. Second grade, yeah. Spot on. Mm-hmm. And then the twos are the people who are still keen to get up and play ones. Yeah. So let's go through your career. I mean, so you started... So you, what was the first grade team that you played for and what grade were you picked in? I was picked in the threes. I played at Hawthorne Waverley. Mm-hmm. I would have been mid-twenties, I reckon. Right. Something like that. Um, 
And where had you played before? You must have been playing cricket before then. Yeah, but I'd never really played much. Okay. If I was a skier, okay. I would yeah. nick off in the middle of the, the summertime yeah. to go skiing overseas okay. and do that competitively, and I had a business that I, I did that with. Really? So my first full cricket season was my first year that I played ones of grade cricket because the, the captain of my grade side, um, Peter Roach, said... If you hang around here for a season, you'll probably play for Victoria. And I thought, oh, maybe I should try and do that. So I was just just married, I think, and I sent my wife overseas to run our business for the season while I played cricket. And um, yeah, later that year, I played my first representative game, which was the second 11, and it was Glenn McGrath's comeback game after he rolled his ankle in the Ashes, which was yeah, five, yeah. six... Yeah, I think that so season that was yeah, my first representative game that I played for Victoria. So, um, yeah, I think that was my first ever first eleven season playing for a great cricket club. So, we just playing a lot of backyard cricket. How did you like uh, just go from being a skier mm. to uh, to suddenly playing professional cricket in mid twenties? It's quite a leap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was twenty nine when I played my first uh, first Shield game, which was that year. Right. I don't know. Like I, yeah. during school, I was horrible. Yeah. Like I'd play seconds and thirds all through school until my final year, and then I played yeah. in the first. But we won the flag, but after that, I went away and didn't really play much cricket at all. But I mean, you you were known as a guy who could could bowl one fifty. Mm-hmm. So were you just? I mean, I don't know. Dave, there's guys. a common there's a common theme here, Dave. Every guy we speak to is just like, oh yeah, I just tried doing this, and yeah. then three weeks later, I played international cricket. Yeah, you know, like Brad Hogg played as a batsman initially, yeah. and then he just. Decide to bowl some leg spin, then just you know. Was but how did no one like tap you on the shoulder and go, mate? You, you can bowl 150 yeah. kilometres an I'm hour scared with a cricket ball. Why did no one say? I mean, forget no Whistler. One... Let's let's concentrate on cricket <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't bowl fast and I didn't care really. Were you bowling right arm at the time? Yeah, <laughs> 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 I bowled junk little orthodox. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I was doing those. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's inexplicable, really. I, I can't sit there and say oh, I was I was busy doing this because I don't have a great memory. Did you know you career. were fast at bowling? Mm. Uh, I, mean, I always bowled really fast at school with a tennis ball, mm. yeah. but it was something that I never actually did it with a cricket ball. I just kind of roll in and try and hit a length rather than try and bowl flat out fast. Mm. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't until sort of mid. Yeah, mid to late 20s that I actually came out and bowled quick. I remember the first time I saw you bowl live was actually in the UK and it was in the it was the 2009 or 2010 T20 World Cup in England. You were playing for the Netherlands. I was. And the game was against... England. England. It was against England, yeah. yeah. And I watched that game and the keeper... What was the keeper's name? Uh, Euron Smith. Yes, and Smith he was standing. He was standing behind the thirty-yard circle. It's the fastest. Oh, was he? It's, the, it's the fastest I've ever seen anyone bowl. And I've watched Brett Lee bowl. Um, I've watched um, Dave bowl me in the backyard um, with a gaffer tape on a tennis ball, and that was legitimately frightening. So I, I, I'm terrified thinking about being a third grade batsman yeah. and Dirk D Nanes yeah. comes into bowl off the long run in his first grade game. That must have been terrifying. It, it was. Um, but I was watching you side on, so it's always a little bit quicker. Well, that game, no one actually realised I got smashed in that game. My my figures for Netherlands, I think, were one for 90 or something off two games. Okay. I got whacked everywhere. Mm. Um, Yeah, still the best game I've been involved in. Yeah. That Australia. Oh, that Netherlands-England game. That was fantastic. Well, we've got got a few English listeners, and they'll be be pleased that I brought that up because, uh, yeah, just to to rub some salt in the wounds, Netherlands actually won that game uh, with a dramatic run out in the final ball. Um, 
Can you sit those six chances to get a run out? <laughs> last time <laughs> yeah. completely I completely stopped I think Stuart Rod missed a stump from about three inches. Yep. Um, what were your memories of that? There was, there was a pitch invasion as well. You ran on the field. There was. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, I mean, you must remember it quite well. I mean, uh, I do. Games. Can, you, can you set us up for the final ball and the final scenario? What was the situation of the game? No, can't. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the generals. The whole team was sitting down on the boundary line. Mm. I was up with Ryan Tenderscarter up in the rooms. Mm-hmm. And we were just sitting there thinking, when is the rot going to set in? Because we were chasing, and it, we, we, were, we had no chance of winning this game. Mm. Um, and we just kept coming, and the ball, the edges found a gap, and the, the you know, um, arsey swipes would mm. somehow hitting the middle and going over the fence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just extraordinary. And then we got close, and you thought, well, could we, could we? And then that final over came. I can't remember how many, many we needed off the final over, but I'm pretty sure out of the six balls, I think there were five genuine chances, runouts, courts, everything like that, and they managed to stuff every one of them. And we got home on the final ball, and um, I think it was an overthrow. I think brought through it at the stumps. No one backed up. Yeah, Could have been right. a draw. That's no right. one backed up. Ball went, and they scampered through for a second, <laughs> and we all charged on. And then that night, we all went to Maida Vale in the, the, this this hotel bar which was a decent size but you could not get in there the Dutch ambassador had come with a big orange, <laughs> bright orange floppy yeah, it was fantastic yeah, and the funny thing that night was that people were worried the people who I was playing with they just all had normal jobs so they had a um, we had a Burger King guy we had a clockmaker. um <laughs> didn't surprisingly <laughs> insurance guy we had a debt collector yeah. Um, yeah. the debt collector at was, one stage yeah. got found he was selling tickets to the game like we, we, you get complimentary passes <laughs> right. and in the warm up warm-up game the warm up game one of the warm up games we were playing before India Pakistan mm. yeah. and so they sold out the oval um, in four minutes yeah. Of, of, yeah. for this warm up game we were playing before them and so we got some complimentary tickets right the, the debt collector guy gave all the tickets that no, none of our team wanted because, of course, Holland, no one plays cricket, so everyone, yeah. you, you find it hard to get rid of four tickets. Yeah, four tickets ahead, you're never going to get rid of them. Yeah. So he turned them off to his old man, and the old man went on the street and was scalping tickets. <laughs> he was scalping them, and it says in big yeah. headlines, you know, on the ticket, complimentary. Um, <laughs> He's doing 20 years now, that bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, back to the story. The, yeah. They were all really worried because they were going to lose their job because it meant hanging around for longer. If we had a decent result against Pakistan mm. in our next game, we would have had to stay for an extra two weeks and go into the into the, the group stage or whatever the next stage is of the yeah. tournament. Yeah. Right. They would have needed two more weeks off work and these guys would all right were worried they were going to lose their jobs out of it. So have we uncovered a match-fixing ring? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we've done here on the podcast? Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. Maybe, you know. why, why are you sweating, Dirk? Um, <laughs> Is this the general vibe of these conversations? Am I sort of... Yeah, pretty, yeah mate. Pretty hard-hitting. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty serious tone. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean... Look, Playing in the Dutch side, that must have been quite a. I mean, you're, all, you're, you're in that scenario. You, you and Tenderskada were almost the uh, overseas players for your national side. It must have been quite strange um, being in that environment, like having guys who, who, who weren't really sure if they wanted to win because they might lose their jobs if they <laughs> had to say that, That's quite a strange thing to actually relate to. Yeah, it was. It was that whole experience was pretty unusual. Mm. And you uh, were living. I, you were living there. No, I was still. But very for, much for a period of time, we were living out of a hotel, and uh, yeah, we were, well, we were 
people think that I played a you know a career with Holland. I played two games. Right. That was it. It was mm. that World Cup, mm. and that was it. I yeah. played a couple of warm up games. Um, those two games and then that finished. So my only only experience, I never even played in Holland, so my only experience of Dutch cricket was that small two-week window of playing. Did you get a good insight into the health of cricket in, in Holland? And what is that? <laughs> Difficult to get a good Tough insight. market. Yeah, yeah. tough market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, how did that call-up come about? Were you aware that you were qualified to play for the Dutch? Uh, they'd been, they'd sort of sent a couple emails, of emails yeah. here and there. Club and president. then Club president on the email. Yeah. Reply all, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, how did it come about? Oh, I think they knew that I was playing in Holland, uh, in England on my Dutch passport. Okay. Because I was playing for Middlesex yeah. in 2008 on okay. my Dutch passport. And so they got in touch with me through that. Okay. And um, Australia picked a 30-man squad and I wasn't going to be part of it. And so I, I think I'd come off like two years or three years of being the leading wicket taker in the 2020 comp or thereabouts. I don't know. Or how. something. I don't yeah. know the stats. Yeah. What were your exact figures? <laughs> <laughs> to two decimal points. To two decimal actually. points, yeah. Um, well, every team's got one of those. <laughs> oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, and what was my struggle also talking about? Um, uh, the, the problem with um, prostitution in Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even remember what we were talking about. What was, I was in the middle of the story. <laughs> how to play for Holland? Yeah, how yeah, to yes, play yes. Play. So 30 man yeah, squad, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Australia didn't pick me. I thought, well, they're never ever going to pick me. Okay. You know, I'm in the prime of my cricketing life and they're not picking me now, so I may yeah. as well go and play. I want to play international cricket, yeah. so I went and played yeah. for Holland and yeah. then, yeah. So the when, month later, when, I played for Australia. When you got yeah. the when you got the that email to say, was, was it like, would you play for Holland? Was it, was it a question, or was it saying we have selected you? Uh, would you like to? Would you like to? Yeah, okay. And then, as you say, a year later, then you got to the Australian side. I mean, there must have been very different experiences. No, it was a month. You said a month. Oh, sorry, a month. A month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Month. So did they just see you in performing on the international level, and, and they kind of went, "This this guy's Australian." He's, he's quick. Though. He was outside the, the thirty wing circle. Yeah. I think then because they got. Pummeled in that World Cup, yeah. Yeah. they kind of went right. We actually have to start taking this T20 game yeah. a little bit more seriously yeah. rather yeah. than just pick the one day team. Yeah. I think that was when they yeah. went right. Let's throw. Let's get a skier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's throw what we've done in the past. Gone. I saw this like a whistler last month. <laughs> yeah, he's hooping it. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a big ass. <laughs> I mean, T20 cricket for you—that's obviously where um, most of your, most of our listeners, most of, most of the uh, the viewing public would know. Your sort of um, mm. you know your history. I mean, are you a little bit regretful that you didn't start cricket um, a little bit earlier to sort of, sort of or, or that T20 came along later in your life? You, you, would you have preferred to have played more T20 cricket? Is the question that I'm trying to ask you. More T20 cricket? Yeah. Would you like to have played even more? Like, would you? Have, oh, I don't think that was possible. No. Two hundred and something games. I don't think it would. Don't think it was even possible to be able to play more than that. Because um, if I would have played more earlier, then I probably would have had to retire earlier because my body would have given way. Mm. I would have liked to... Uh, there's a part of you that thinks, oh, maybe if I played cricket earlier, I might have played test cricket. Sure. That's the one thing I haven't done. Yeah. That I... When I was good, I reckon I was certainly good enough mm. to play. Mm. Um, but I was probably too late by the time I was doing that. Um, bowling well enough to be able to do it. Because starting at 29, when I first started, and what I probably played my first T20 game in when I was 30 or 31... Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know anything about the game. So the captain came wide at stand at mid-off mm-hmm. and throw me the cricket ball and tell me what to bowl because I had no idea what to do. Yeah. It's just, Dirk, hit his stumps. Dirk, hit his stumps again. <laughs> Dirk, hit him in the head. And he would just throw me the ball every yeah. time, tell me what to try and bowl. And, yeah. and so I wasn't thinking my way through overs. It was the captain telling me what to bowl. So it was kind of an right. automatic response and I learned my cricket sort of that way. So by the time I got good and worked out my game, I was sort of 33, 34. And Incredible probably, story. Mm. I mean, That's amazing. I mean, do you still have lots of aches and pains? Because bowling fast, it looks, especially in slow motion, just looks really bad for your body. Um, I don't. I, I can't stand still at a bar for a long time. Okay. I have <laughs> yeah. to sit on a bar yeah. stool. Yeah. Right. But surprisingly, yeah. that's one one of the only times I feel anything. Okay. That's yeah. when I'm standing still for too long. Yeah. I can, I can still do manual labour and stuff like that. Okay. Stuff at the farm, and I enjoy doing all that. Yeah. Um, knees in my last year start getting a bit dodgy, but I think that's just lack of strength. Hmm about to go skiing next week so I need to make sure that I'm uh, got a bit of strength in my legs. I felt that this morning walking upstairs so that's something I need to go and do. Is that still your number one passion, mm. skiing ahead, ahead of cricket? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, cricket was... You hate it? I, no, I always enjoyed playing it as a kid but it wasn't something that you dream, I dreamt of doing. Yeah. You'd sit there watching test cricket and yeah. thought, I, thought, I thought that was so foreign to me as a dream to do because I was always in the thirds or the seconds or whatever. It was just so foreign. Yeah. Skiing, I was always... I wasn't the best, but I was always yeah. okay, you know, towards the top of the heap. Right. And so you kind of think, oh, this is something that I can logically see a progression to me being good at this. Mm. But I never had that with cricket. See, it's a problem. We were always dream. just dreaming of playing for Australia mm. and never played for Australia. Well, I was always it's much better than Dirk Nanners at the same age. Yeah. That was my problem. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually got your son, Max, in the room. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. He looks suitably bored. In the corner. Well, he's had to listen to his dad talk about his career, which I'm sure he's stoked about. Which... <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit of a cricketer himself. He enjoys his cricket. He probably wishes his dad bowled and batted more with him in the backyard. But, um... <laughs> we, yeah, he's, he's a bowler, predominantly. I'd like him to be a bit more of a batsman, but he um, chooses to bat down the order a lot of the time. Yeah. When asked to open, he says, no, I'd like to bat 11. Yep. Which which I'd like to see a bit different. I, I, I always thought that I was a bad batsman because I didn't get enough opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, when someone asks you to open, you should open. Mm. But, um, but yeah, like he can bowl. It's a conscription. It's conscription, yeah. So obviously, the, obviously, your next dream is to play, is to go to the Winter Olympics as a professional skier. That's obviously your next dream. But you have, you have moved into, <laughs> just telling you your dreams are now. Yeah. But you, you have moved into the into the uh, commentary position, to the commentary box, mm-hmm. and that's in that sort of realm now. Are you enjoying that over at the ABC? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure whether people have sort of caught on to the bluff that I'm. I'm giving at the moment that, that <laughs> I actually know a lot about the game. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I think I've described enough here that people should realise I don't actually know too much. Did you try and bring an outsider's perspective to the commentary box? Mm. Uh, I think so. Sometimes I'm probably a bit guilty of digressing a bit too much away from the game, but I don't know. That's okay. Isn't that what Craig commentary is about sometimes? I don't know. I'd, but I'm a bit different because I don't think of the game as, as tactically as the other guys and being a bowler I'm a bit different when I was just, just hit the stumps not as selfish as the rest of them just <laughs> <laughs> well let's quickly talk about this series I mean it's been a it's been a strange series off the back of what was uh, a bit of a shock defeat I think for the Australian public against South Africa mm-hmm. um, now this series uh, two knots to Australia Warners has hit 100 in about 45 minutes um, 
it's been it's been an odd series. Would you agree with that? An odd series. I, I, don't, think, odd, I don't think it's been unpredictable, right? In what we've seen, mm-hmm. I think. Um, were you surprised at how the the second test panned out in the last day? That, that's a tough one. Um, if you look at history, you would say no. If you look at the, if you were there on the morning and looked at the state of the wicket mm. and the state of how tired people were, and the Australian bowlers having bowled three days, the first three days of the Test match, mm. and then having to bowl the side out on the last day, you probably would have thought, surely they can't do this because there's nothing in the wicket. Then you'd be surprised. Um, but yeah, it's. Pakistan just have a way of losing games in a session or two. They did that in Brisbane, and then they did that in the last test. Um, I don't think they're a terrible side. I mean, their bowling has holes. I think their third seamers, well, the way they've rotated their third seamer shows that they've got no idea who their third best seamer is. Um, but What's the solution for them? I mean, in a nutshell. Find someone who bowls 150k <laughs> in swinging Yorkers. At about the 20 over mark. <laughs> yeah, he'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe find him on the slopes in Whistler. Yeah. <laughs> Moving forward, Dirk, uh, Australia in India coming up. How do you see that panning out? Dave and I have got our own views. We've expressed numerous times this podcast. But, I mean, how do you see that series panning out for Australia? Well, yeah. that is as hard as it comes, I would have thought. Mm. Um, mm. I think in the likes of Pete Hanscom, I think he's shown here against Yasser Shah that he can actually play a spinning ball pretty well. Um, so I think he's a, a good addition. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Renshaw, whether mm-hmm. they take him. I don't think he's shown, looked as good against spin. Um, do you take him along, or do you keep going with it? They spoke a little while about. They spoke a little while ago about horses for courses. He's a guy that's grown up at the Gabba and um, hasn't shown that he can play spin. I mean, he's been okay so far, but it's not like he's a, an absolute freak. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you, does he make way for Sean Marsh? And he's out here at the moment, batting and batting beautifully. But does that mean he's the right guy for India against the spinning ball? I don't know. Um, and then that that all rounder position. I don't know. But do we it's need it? a long. Do we need it? Must Australia have an all rounder? You need someone to take some overs off. The others, yeah. you need somebody. I, I think um, the MCG showed that. I think the Gabba showed that when Pakistan kept, got close. Mm. I thought on day three in Melbourne, it showed that they were getting far too many overs under their belt. You need somebody, whether it's a Glenn Maxwell who just bowls ten overs for every ball. Yeah. You know, so the others share seventy between them. I, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I think there just has to be someone they can throw the ball to. Doesn't necessarily need to bowl twenty overs, but needs to bowl a few. I mean, you've played a lot of cricket with Glenn Maxwell. Um, is he the right guy? I mean, he's, he's he's probably Australia's most mercurial number six available. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he can change the game much the way. In, in Dave Warner's probably won the Test match for Australia in the first session. Um, he's not setting the world on fire at the moment. No, but he's made runs in India. He is a handy offie. Although, you know, in an offie you've got line as well, but you know, it doesn't hurt to have an extra bowler in the side. Um, he knows Indian conditions and, yeah, he has that ability to make, play that mercurial innings. So, in the absence of someone else, why not? Mm. It's not like you're picking a dud. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it'd, be, uh, it'd be rude not to speak about the, the biggest news of the day, Dave Warner's century in a session. That was... 
that was quite something, and you would have had the best scene in the house uh, from the press box there. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, it was pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I, I was talking about my seat. Yeah, seat's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I actually was a bit, I was actually a bit upset because we were so straight down the wicket that we were right behind the umpire, and you couldn't see what would happen to the ball because we were. The, the batsman when he would play in front of his body right, couldn't yeah. see what happened. Shielded, right, so it was okay. almost too good a seat. Too good a seat. Right, yeah. Too good a seat. Always something to whinge about. Keep yeah. that in mind when you're in Bay 13 next time. <laughs> yeah. Dirk Natter says, yeah. too good a seat from the press box. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Dave Warner, that was special. Mm. The, the good thing I enjoyed about that was that he didn't come out and just bludgeon the ball. Mm. He actually played cricket shots. Mm. And a lot of them you'd find in a textbook. Mm. It was just beautiful batting and balls that others would leave, he managed to hit for four and that's the sign of how good a player he is and mm. guy's absolute star quality mm. Well Dirk, we'll, we'll wrap it up now because we know you've got to get back to ABC Grandstand duties but thank you very much for your time and I hope you enjoy your time uh, on the slopes next week <laughs> Yeah, Sure I will, <laughs> thanks for having me And thanks to Max as well Got it, Max, <laughs> work hard <laughs> I'm generally away during the winter, so I have the entire summer to spend at home watching cartoons with the kids. And I really love my OLED TV. Like, really, really love it. One of the things I look forward to most when I come home is actually to be able to sit down on the couch in front of my OLED TV and just say the word OLED repeatedly. I really like saying the word OLED. I'd never heard it before, this paid commercial. But I enjoy the way it rolls off my tongue, like some kind of exotic Spanish word. OLED, OLED, OLED. <laughs> it drives my wife nuts, but, but the kids love it. And I get LG OLED TV. OLED. You'll hear it a thousand times this summer. So go on, try saying it a thousand times too. Dave, it's that time of the week, that time of the day. Hashtag AskTGC. We've said it before, we're going to be floating around the ground, hopefully meeting some of you very nice people out there. We're from the internet and so are you in our eyes. Get us on the Facebook machine, get us on the Twitter machine using the hashtag AskTGC. Dave, we're opening up this week, this day, with an apology. Yeah, he goes, uh, strangely our first apology mm. on the podcast. We've offended a lot of people mm. and a lot of groups so far on a merry <laughs> way. Yeah. But um, this one goes out to Greg Curtis and the boys from Sandgate Redcliffe DCC, right. who we incorrectly described as a park club yeah. in the podcast Shocking accusation. Do you remember what the uh, scenario was? I recall it being a situation where a chap had written in where he kept saying, that should I be dropping in that I got the fourth grade, fourth wicket highest partnership in the history of the grades club? And it was like about 130 or something like mm. that. And, and I was surprised that that was the record for that club in grade cricket. And it didn't sound like grade cricket to me, so we said, that sounds like some park shit. But it's not. We were wrong. No, so we've been informed that the, uh, the Gators, mm. as they're known as, are, are actually one of the 12 Brisbane test grade clubs. Mm. So on the podcast, we obviously talk a lot about Sydney mm. test cricket, yep. being, being from Sydney. Yep. Um, but we don't know much about the other states. And, and for that, you know, it's our ignorance. It's on us. It's incumbent. Mm. But we do apologise mm. uh, to Greg and, and all you lads out there at the Gators. You are a grade club mm. and you will always be a grade club mm. until you're relegated. <laughs> Can I just say that this is now my favourite team, the Gators, and I I am going to be checking my cricket every week yeah. to see if that fourth grade team has broken the fourth wicket partnership because you can't have a fourth wicket record partnership that's been there for 20 years or whatever it was that's 130. No. You can't have that. 
It's just a bad middle order, isn't it's it? It's a bad middle order. Oh, it has been for decades. <laughs> <laughs> we should also just mention, you know, in, also along with this apology, uh, the first grade T20 state final for the Gators is uh, at home at Trevor Hone Oval on January 22nd, and they are reportedly planning a massive circuit. Massive circuit. Get um, round the Gators. Get round the Gators. He goes, <laughs> let's go on with the usual programming. Okay, this one comes from Andrew Johns on the on the Facebook machine. I'm Andrew Johns. I'm Johns. It's not the Andrew Johns, uh, although the Facebook... Uh, no, 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 it's not him. Uh, <laughs> he's, he writes and he says, I have a question for you. I'd love for your for you to ask one of your quality guests for their take on it. Unfortunately, with Mr. Dirk, um, he had to race back to, to you know do his actual job. Yeah. Um, and he didn't want to talk to us anymore. So um, it's going to be down to us. I hope that's okay, Andrew. Uh, so he writes and he says, about 15 years ago, I was playing for an intercity rep game against a team from another regional New South Wales city. Following me taking possibly the greatest catch of the century at first slip to dismiss one of their opening batsmen, their number three swaggered out to bat, and there was something different about him. Unlike all of his teammates, he wasn't wearing the same team shirt as the rest. This balding gent in his early 30s with a beer belly had squeezed into his faded and threadbare New South Wales under 14 rep shirt. He copped a gobful from most of our blokes, even our nice ones, for being a wanker. Sure, be proud that you've represented your state, but Jesus, it's been 20 years, son. Let it go. <laughs> wanker. I'd love to hear your thoughts. How many years is too many in such circumstances? Right. Dave. Well, I don't think the number of years that have passed is as paramount as the fact that it's under 14 yeah. state cricket. <laughs> I don't think anything under under 15 should be talked about. Is it just me, or is under 14 a little too young to be rocking state kit when you're 34? Okay, so my big takeaway is, that, I mean, how good is this bloke's rig as a 34-year-old that he's wearing the same clothes as he was when he was 14? That's, I mean, that's phenomenal. What's his secret? And he's balding. We don't need to know that. That happens to the best of us. It's hereditary, mostly. I like the part of this story from, from Andrew that he wrote in that, he had, I mean, the question's not about him, but he's introduced himself to this by yeah, saying that he took yeah. the greatest catch yeah, of the century. Arrogant. So, arrogant from Andrew. Um, and the, and uh, the, the point, the answer is, uh, how many years is too many years? As I said, a million years. It doesn't years. matter, it's just as long years. as it's under 15 plus. Dinosaurs. Next question. Uh, we're going on Twitter here. This is from Peter Richards. Uh, he says, great cricketer, I noticed there is a Milo Champ squad. <laughs> Referring to the juniors that come onto the, uh, the professional yeah. grounds during lunch. Yeah. Is hazing small children a new strategy from Cricket Australia to unearth future talent? <laughs> and with Milo having a champ squad, does this mean a collective of champs is a squad? <laughs> so we'll answer part one first. Well, he goes, is hazing small children a new strategy from CA to unearth future talent? I don't think it's a new strategy. I think it's always existed, wouldn't you? I mean, you know, I mean cricket, I mean... It used to be Milo, have a go, which is also a form of champing. Have a go, mate. Have a go, you mark, etc. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not a new strategy. No, um, I think it's bold. It's bold marketing that they've decided to take our word that we've you know changed the conversation with. Are you champ? Champ will be champ. No royalties. And Milo, <laughs> Milo, a sponsor of the show, um, has they're not a sponsor of the show. Have have, have gone with the champing of the kids. Mm. Champing of the kids. Am I, am I for that? I'm for that. I'm for champing of the kids. And for the second part of Peter's question. Uh, with Milo having a champ squad, does this mean a collective of champs? The collective noun for champs is a, is a squad. Is a squad. No, I don't think it is. What's a collection? No, no, because like if you're going out in the circuit with your squad, mm. I mean that's that's using a different parlance. Mm. So I'm not sure if that can be that can that can cross noun for champ. Championship. Championship. I think championship. Collective. A noun. championship of champs. Speaking of champ, Dan Hughes asks, great cricketer, how many times do you reckon Warner has muttered the word champ this morning? 
he's, he, I mean, he was seeing them so well that he could actually sledge whilst batting. I'm yeah. usually not big on the on the sledging whilst batting because unless you're a fourth, fourth danger, unless you're a first grade playing fourth grade, it's yeah. really fraught with it's danger. Dangerous. But Warner basically did score 100 today against a fourth grade attack. <laughs> I mean, that was that was <laughs> yeah. Pakistan's mentality today was fourth grade. Their fielding was fourth grade. Their bowling wasn't much better. Yeah. Um, the, the, the batting facilities were, were test cricket. Dave Warner was seeing them huge. Um, he could cha- he, yeah, throw, throw around champs as, as mm. much as he want. Have you had to put a number on it? 37. Good from you. <laughs> well, that's about all the time we have. He goes short but a furious podcast today. We'll be doing one throughout, mm. uh, one per day, one throughout per. the entire SCG test as long as it goes. Uh, tomorrow we've got a couple of very special guests. Mm. Uh, we won't let you know them yet. We need to confirm them. But um, safe to say it should be a cracking podcast. Also, Sam's back. We probably didn't we didn't caveat that Sam's not here. Sam's not here today. He's, he's in Who's Sam? Moment. Sam? Oh, Sam was a guy who used to be on this podcast. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> That's championshipping him. Um, <laughs> but Sam will be back. He's flying in. He's going to be here for the remainder of the yep. test match. We look forward to having yep. him because without without him, we are nobody no, we're as shown in the press box today. The full champ squad <laughs> will be on deck tomorrow. See you then.